You know, gentlemen, they say that in life, there's a couple things that are unavoidable. Death, taxes, and Trayvon Diggs interceptions, gentlemen. That is the third one. What is up? It's Andy Gatelli. Greetings, fellas. Do you read me? Do you read me? Loud and clear, my friend. How are you doing today, Anthony? How are you doing today, Zachary? It is a beautiful, fine Victory Monday here Victory in this Monday. household. Doing great. Hell yeah, dude. I could get used to this, man. I could get used to this. Uh, it's nice, man. This is this is this is the life, you know. I mean, just out here covering spreads, taking scalps, talk shows talking about us for I actually turn on like I just turn on like ESPN or like Fox Sports for like background noise while I'm working from home today. And I shit you not, like the entire episode of like Skip and Shannon on Undisputed, I just love watching them like bullshit about the Cowboys. Was this is about an hour and a half show, and I promise sixty minutes of it was the Patriots last night and yeah. and Dallas. And oh, then yeah. just talking. That's all. Every every show is like that. I went through a bunch of them on YouTube and like just like. 22 minute shows, you know, with commercials and like 14 of the minutes are just like, are the Cowboys Super Bowl contenders? Which like, even <laughs> I'm like, okay, guys, like calm the fuck down. Like, well, are they, should we oh, get into it? Should we, well, should we, first of all, we this discuss? is boys will be boys. This is the best, uh, Dallas Cowboys podcast in the world. Uh, brought to you as always by the good people at Newport cigarettes, uh, and Raytheon. Uh, for the finest in menthol cigarettes and drone targeting systems, it's Newport Cigarettes and Raytheon. Uh, we, also, we also, as always, would like to to, to um, shout out our longtime sponsor, Swisher Sweet. Really, um, they're part of the family, Swisher Sweet. I mean, they're like my father. I mean, frankly, they're. I, ugh, what would I do without Swisher Sweet? The three collective members of this podcast have have always been big uh, proponents of of their product. So. They do a great job at what they're aiming to do. So, oh, but it is boys will be boys. It is Victory Monday. We are coming to you a mere, a mere one night after the Cowboys complete another impressive but somewhat more nerve-wracking than it should have had to be victory over the much-vaunted Carolina Panthers. Uh, now, gentlemen, coming into this game, the Carolina Panthers, they were pretty much ranked number one across the board in defense. They led the league in sacks. They led the league in pressures. They were the best rush defense. They had, they were averaging something crazy, like 45 rush yards against. Um, I have a, I have you the stat, Andy. They please. gave up in three games. They had given up 130. I can't remember the, the other 30. We'll say 135 rushing yards in three games. Total. And against the, the Dallas Cowboys, you want to know what they gave up? I couldn't have been more than 50 yards, sir. Surely. A uh, little, a little up, little up. 53 yards. Zach, you got a guess here? 65. You're crazy. This might, this might be shocking to some. They gave up 245 rushing yards well, to the boys. But, but Zeke's washed. He Pollard had that much. Yeah, it must have been all Pollard, right? Pollard went for 245. It, it might shock some people to know that. Not only did Pollard not outrush Ezekiel Elliott, Zeke busted off a 143, and he had a long run of 47, which 
he still got shit for for not finishing for some reason. But he's the best. Oh, dude, this game was awesome for many reasons, but Zeke pushing seven yards per carry on this vaunted number one rush defense, it did my heart good for so many reasons. I think mainly, like, I, I told you guys before we started recording, I went back and I watched a little a little hard knocks from before the season. I think what's really striking me about Zeke is that, like, we are witnessing kind of a, a much more mature Zeke than we've seen in previous years. Like when Zeke was a rookie, he was obviously this phenom, but from the jump, we always heard that he was like a heavy partier. He was getting into trouble. Pulling off titties field. off of girls. You he, know? he was definitely just getting it put at very, even if you think that he was unfairly punished, which obviously it is my opinion that he was at one point unfairly punished. He was putting himself into situations that were going to lead to trouble. If he can shout out, Shout out Urban Meyer on that one. Yeah, well, there you go. That's another prime example of similar behavior. But over this offseason, we saw Zeke, uh, and I, I have to like assume you can attribute part of this to his friendship with Dak Prescott, who he had to watch, you know, go through this really painful rehab, come back. Um, you know, Jerry Jones spoke a lot about in reference to Dak, a time in his second year in the league when Michael Irvin got severely hurt. And it was at that moment that Michael Irvin realized like how much football meant to him and what it, what it would mean if it got taken away and how easily it could be taken away. And that was this huge turning point for Michael um, to become like the legendary hard worker that he was. And I think we saw similar things with Dak where like he truly became just like the, this final iteration, you know, final form of Frieza that we have now witnessed in this season of, of Dak Prescott but in that orbit is his best friend, Zeke Elliott, who we've heard, uh, you know, all offseason he was in better shape. He had he stopped going out as much. He got a long-term girlfriend for the first time since he was in Dallas. Um, he had significantly cut down his consumption of alcohol. He was eating better. He got a private chef, all these things. Sleek and, Zeke, baby. And Sleek Zeke showed up to camp looking like a beast. And I got to say, dude, like going back and watching the All-22 of this game in particular – I mean, these are not scrubs that Zeke's going up against, and he is doing footwork that I no longer thought him capable of. Let the me 40, the forty-seven yarder in particular. If you watch how he jukes the safety from like he's behind the line of scrimmage, the safety's out like in the back of the box, and Zeke puts a move on him from like ten yards away to be able to use his blocker as a screen and open up that hole at the top. He jukes outside, comes back inside, and takes off like. Zeke is now this incredible combination of all the wisdom and knowledge that he's acquired from five <laughs> seasons in the league, but also like he's, he's taken, he's taken a couple of years off himself by taking his, his profession more seriously. And it's, it's incredible to see. I think he was so doubted last year and Zach, I'll let you speak in a minute here. Cause I know uh, you were on this camp. There was a lot of, not Zeke is washed Zeke is no longer elite. He is what he is, but he's no longer a, a, ultra valuable running back he's a product of only having a great o-line which by the way this o-line's great and even on that run uh dude, shout out terrence Steele on that 47 yard run fucking smashed. bro we'll get into the o-line but they all um, are just playing out of their mind right now i would say this and and this has always been true to me he's just uh he reminds me of frank gore so fucking much the way zeke runs a hard one cut get up the field guy he does not have that fourth fifth gear whatever you want to say that breakaway speed i mean he 
I think, yeah, in 2016, people were like, he would have finished that run for 47. Maybe, but you know what? If he's busting 47 yarders, I don't really care if he's getting in the end zone or not. But he can, I think, prove this year, he, uh, to your point of taking it more seriously, um, uh, he just looks like he's running hard. Like every play, man, it just looks like he's running fucking hard. And we've always known that he, he runs into people, lean forward, always gets tackled forward type of guy. But he's just he, – he's a little quicker enough to turn three yards into seven yards this year, which I don't know if he had last year. And he's hitting and, like a hammer, dude. I mean, he's – that forward momentum's back, which is something that we always really valued about Zeke was that he could just smash one yard into three. And that seemed to kind of go away a little bit as he lost maybe the foot the foot speed or something. The I could tell watching this game, like, again, he's going up against Hassan Reddick, Shaq Thompson. These are high-level elite NFL linebackers. By the fourth quarter, dude, these guys were making business decisions. They did not want to take another hit from Zeke Elliott. He was hitting these dudes hard enough to where it was affecting their ability to play the game, and that is what you need from Zeke. You know, I did not think Zeke was ever going to play like this again. Even after the last game, in my head, it was like, Okay, that's the Eagles, though. Like they, sure. sorry, he's getting five yards. Okay, doesn't mean much. While this clearly was not as good of a rush defense as the stats were showing, this is still a good defense. Definitely, and he's just killing them. Every well, you time. have to go back to like 2018 to find a game where yeah. he did this to a team. I mean, to compare this year to last year. Last year, Zeke rushed 244 times for 979 yards and six touchdowns. With a long of 31 yards. That was his longest run all year. This year, Zeke is on pace through four games to probably be around 1,400 yards with fewer carries. And he already has four touchdowns. So he's two-thirds of the way to his touchdown total from last year. He's just a hair under halfway to his yards total. And he's about a quarter of the way to his carry total from last year. I mean, his yards per game are up 50%. It's a crazy last, rejuvenation. It's 7.2 yards yeah. per get, uh, per attempt this game. Like, yeah. The last time he had a – Ever again. Season, which is nuts. I was going to say, the last time he rushed for a buck 43 or over a buck 43 was 2018 week 10. Um, actually, game nine against uh, Philly. He ran for 151. So, it's been yeah, a little it was while. A sick game. <laughs> I remember that yeah. game. It was sick. He only he only clips the hundred yard marker twice last year, and he's doing it efficiently this year. To your point, Andy, I mean, here are his, here are carry totals for Zeke this year. Um, Tampa was a bit of a weird game, only eleven touches, but then sixteen against Chargers, seventeen last week against Philly, and twenty. This is the first time he's touched twenty this season. So, um, yeah, I, I love how they're using him. Uh, I do believe he, he's cut down, and and to your point, Zach, I, I even I had doubts that we'd ever see efficient Zeke again like I always knew he he could get tough yards but I didn't know if he'd ever get big yards or have you know a 20 touch game where he's getting seven at pop but damn man I mean this is the this is the best game he's played in at least two seasons I was the last time I saw a run like that because he even after 2016 he had a couple of those like swing pass screen plays where he would he would house them from way far out the last time I saw him take a carry like that 47 yard run legitimately I think was the Bengals game of like his rookie year where he housed that 65 yard touchdown for the first touch of the second half. Like that's the last time I remember him doing that on a run. 
Yeah, I mean he's 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 playing great. Um, obviously we touched Zeke. Um, he was kind of the 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 highlight of this game in a way. Um, but this game, you know, early was not. Uh, we went into half actually trailing by one point. Uh, so how how did you boys feel? You know, halfway through this game, it's fourteen thirteen. Like, do you want to go over kind of quarter by quarter here, just how this thing started and and take it from yeah. there or what? The uh, it was it was a weird game overall. So like. Obviously, when the so the first series, like the first play of the game, probably should be a sack. Uh, Dak manages to fucking straight up Houdini his way out of this with a what is probably an inadvisable shovel yeah, pass to say, that goes that, for like three yards. That was some Romo shit. Romo used to pull off where he would throw like a lefty ball or like yeah, kind just of a, something total <laughs> something, Jedi shit. Some and real ill-advised shit, but yeah, just take the sack there most of the time, dog. But yeah. yeah. It and worked. It, it did work, and in what's weird is, you know, the Carolina defense came into this game with the most sacks in the league. They leave with zero sacks. The Cowboys' defense, on the other hand, straight up just ruins Darnold's day after a while. Like they got it's ten finally got hits. Home. They got five sacks. We'll get to my boy because you know it's coming, Ben. You know what it is. You know who the. You know what it is. You know it's me. So. But the first, the first two uh, quarters were uh, kind of like incredibly frustrating because on one hand, like we're running it down their throat. We're, we're seeing that the run game is going to be effective here. We're, we're moving the ball pretty well for the most part, but we're also just flirting with disaster the entire time. Like you have that almost fuck up the first play. You got Dalton Schultz fucking putting the ball on the ground seemingly every time he touches the ball. We 100% just escaped with one. Like that's just Dude, a bad angle. I know. The ref just sees it. In I understand the why the ref made that call initially. Yeah. But yeah. Dalton no, Schultz. We scored a touchdown ball. on a drive where Dalton Schultz legitimately semi fumbled or dropped three balls in a row, and one yeah. of them was a legit fumble. Like I, I, I totally understand if there are Panther fans that stumbled upon this. Like that was. There's not a yeah. Cowboy fan oh, out here will tell you oh, that was not complete hosed of a oh, call. Oh, there, there definitely are Cowboy fans out here that will tell you it wasn't, but we, are, we aren't them. <laughs> like, on that drive, we scored six points. We won yeah. by eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, they can get over the idea that that lost them the game. I will, and, and I'll, I'll yeah, tell you yeah. what I think the game shifted was the – So we goal? go through – I do think the field goal was the moment of momentum for this, this entire game was – uh and and shout you honestly like props to rule props to snow the defensive coordinator for the panthers they have an interesting defense it's confusing for an offense when they first see it it's fast there's a lot of misdirection to it um pre-snap motion does not help you as much against this defense as it does against other teams and look, and, they were without, we said, J.C. Horn, their starting mm -hmm. corner and their starting safety. And I'm not saying we're without injuries, but this isn't the – we didn't see their full full sure. array of, of defense. Sure, and they, have no, and they have no McCaffrey, so it is what it is. But uh, the one that was killing us was Darnold with his feet. We, we, no, we kept I was, I was forcing say, very long situations, and Darnold talking, just run up the gut. It, it was driving me crazy. You were talking Matt Rule. I mean, that's the – that was maddening, especially the first touchdown. Uh, great play design. I mean, you know, they're going to pitch it out to Hubbard. Instead, Darnold keeps it. Good decision. The second one to call a QB draw from, like, our 10 or 12-yard line, that was lethal, dude. No one on our defense saw that coming. I mean, that's just a brilliant – that reminded me, you know, we used to run that with Dak. Like, that mm -hmm. was 
the entire deep. I mean, he would have had like a 30 yard run on that. Shit. Well, it was, I mean, it was beautiful because what they did was they swung Hubbard out and then just all he had to do was watch Micah. If Micah stays on him, he throws it to Hubbard. If he does, if Micah goes to Hubbard, he just runs. So it's a very easy one read move for him. And he's, I'll give him credit. Darnold is more athletic than you think he is. When you see him moving around mm-hmm. in the pocket, he looks like a big statuesque, like Ben, big Ben type quarterback. That dude has, has wheels for real. Hey, man, he can, he can move. 35 rushing yards as a quarterback's nothing to snuff at. I mean, I that'll, know. That's I, nice. dude's got five, dude's got five rushing he leads, TDs. Doesn't he lead the NFL right now in rushing yeah. TDs? Yeah. yeah. He's got more rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson's ever had. <laughs> I do have a question for Ben, though. As someone who came coming into this game, which is talking about how you just did not believe that's in Sam Darnold, did your opinion change? Um, I think that's a a two part uh, semi. I'll say he's not as bad as Adam Gase and the Jets had me believe. I still don't know if he's franchise QB, if that makes sense. So he's he's better than I thought. I don't know if he's a long term answer yet. If that makes sense, so I, I think he's fair. probably in the top twenty of quarterbacks. Which I don't know if that makes him a franchise QB. The it might be like the bottom fifteen are like who you would conceivably want to rotate. But he's he was better. He was he at least in the first half he was he was better than I thought. And their he, defense was playing in such a way that it, he was able to be very effective. And they could have probably won that game. Um, they just got to this point where they get to like our 36 yard line. Um, and actually I don't, I have it right in front of me here. Uh, they, they get to, uh, yeah. So they, we go into the half, it's 14, 13, they get the ball back. Um, they drive the field to our 36 yard line. They, they try a couple plays, they get to fourth and seven and they go for a 54 yard kick. Mm-hmm. 54 yards is not an easy field goal, and their kicker's career long was 54, which I don't know if that would have entered into my calculation. Kicking from the 30s, like punting from the opponent's 36 is almost embarrassing. Um, Going forward on fourth and seven is also pretty, but you effectively, by missing that field goal, turn that into a turnover, and – at that moment, this game totally changed. And I'll say this, this, this might game, be an overreaction, but I know we're about to third, say the third quarter of this game, yes, is the best quarter of football I have seen the Dallas Cowboys play yes. since at least 2014, maybe in 10 years. It it's, is perfect. It is scoring me, every every single possession you score and you take the ball away twice. That is perfect football from the Cowboys standpoint as someone who's only been watching a few years that is the best quarter I've ever seen yeah oh easily like, without a doubt. not even close it was like almost like we're a different team from the first I spent, well and and, and this I, is I, of uh, course I'm ruling out like against just scrub ass competition where we're up like when we were in 2016 we rolled on some teams like 35 7 because they were like the Browns and they were helpless like that doesn't count this is a quality opponent who was probably winning this game beyond score like the momentum was on their side and another important thing here ben you and i used to come on this podcast every fucking week and bitch about halftime adjustments we could Mm -hmm. not make them garrett did not possess a halftime adjustment all he did was bring the guys in there and be like all right men 
uh, the Dallas Cowboy Football Organization. It's just an honor to play here, and we got to go out there and just try a, go- a lot gosh darn harder and then go out there and get their ass kicked in the second half. And I don't know what McCarthy, DQ, and Kellen, probably DQ and Kellen, did at halftime here, but night and day different. And they swarmed this team. I well, mean, took them out of the frame. I put I put that stat in uh, our little group chat between the three of us to 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 much uh, dis uh, uh, um, to much dislike from from my two co-hosts here that the Cowboys following a Monday night win are like one in eight, and their average loss is by ten or more points in the last like ten or fifteen years, something like that. Yeah. So basically, we we've done terrible on short weeks under the Garrett era. And I, I want to give McCarthy a little credit here saying I think some of his in-game decisions have been trash, and he had another one or two today that we can talk about if we want. But one thing I will give him credit for, two things. One, you used to remove one piece from this house of cards in the Garrett mm-hmm. era. It could be a left guard. It could be Tyron. It could be a right tackle. It could be uh, a you know, your your third string linebacker. You removed one little piece of card and, and the whole game plan falls apart. The whole thing falls down. Like we've lost some significant pieces early and you, you haven't been able to tell. So I gotta give McCarthy that and, and kind of on that note, every week this team looks prepared to play. Like coming yep. off of a big win on Monday night in the Garrett era, obviously we fucked up all of those. Like we're like I said, like one and eight afterward by getting our ass kicked. Well so, I'll tell you I'll tell you so one thing I gotta I heard. give I got to give him a lot of credit for these guys showing up every week and they don't come out the gate lethargic. Like even this game, yeah, maybe a little slow. Maybe it was just good coaching from Carolina, but they didn't come out and give anything away or just look completely lost at any point this season so far. Agreed. One thing I did hear coming into this game was the uh, Saturday and Sunday before the Monday night game against Philly, members of the offensive and defensive staff were taken off of the Monday night game. Like all their duties for Monday night were reassigned and they assigned McCarthy assigned those guys to just start prepping for this game. I love that. So they were already pretty much like Hayes in the barn on fucking Philly. We, we can handle the Philadelphia situation, get this done. Then the team came back. And in the, if you watch the locker room speech after they beat the Eagles, McCarthy was like, Hey, I'll see you guys on Wednesday, it was like, you know, players are stoked. They get an extra day off, right? Well, Kellen, uh, McCarthy, DQ, and their their assistants were all in, not Tuesday morning, but Monday night. They got back from the – they left the stadium, came back to the star, and worked until 3 o'clock in the morning beginning the game plan for Carolina. So from a preparation standpoint, I mean, the players, that's a whole different thing. And that I honestly attribute to kind of just like a culture that like guys like Dak have instilled very quickly into this team. But these, the, the staff is clearly like very on the ball as far as like, we are not going to get caught by surprise by any of this stuff. Like we have in the past, it's embarrassing. And they, I think last year was beyond humbling. It was embarrassing for them. And I think they felt, totally unprepared to lose Dak. They probably felt like it's their first year. They have some slack. They'll lean a little bit on his talent and the talent around him. And when all that got stripped away, they realized how much of that they were not doing. I want to, um, you know, you guys both said something about that third quarter. I want to just kind of emphasize, this is the third quarter drive. So after they missed that field goal, 
um, we're talking about, which questionable. I get fourth and seven. You may not want to go for it on the 36. I don't know. I probably would have, but that's fine. Um, after that, Dallas four plays, touchdown, three and out for for Carolina. Dallas. And what are what are the what are the what are the the four plays in that drive, man? Uh, Zeke for eleven. Zeke, Zeke, Zeke for five. Zeke, Zeke for um, five. Play action. The probably the best throw Dak made all day to Amari. And and shout out to Amari. He was he's clearly not right. I think he's yeah, dealing with he multiple. Hobbling. He's dealing with multiple injuries. I mean, hammy, I thought when he, he he tweaked, so he tweaked the hammy on probably the first drive of the game, which kind of made my heart stop because hamstrings yep. can be a, I mean, fuck, we year long. We thing. remember, we remember Miles Austin like that was a. Bro, I remember you, dude. I remember game. senior year. You had the hammy shit forever <laughs> in lacrosse. It was like a constant, like, oh fuck, that seems so shitty. Well, I pulled it the last game of the year, and then yeah, I, I just never could get it right before playoffs. Um. But yeah, I mean, they suck. The higher they are, the worse they are. You know, I have an uncle who's a trainer, and that, that's basically what he says. So I don't know how serious this one is. It wouldn't shock me if Amari's gimpy as fuck next week. But dude, he came out, and this was beautiful. Uh, great pass from Dak, too. I mean, this is Dak's throw of the game. I mean, Dak didn't have a lot of yards today. I do want to say one thing at half, too. We were talking, he was, Dak was 7 of 15 at half. In the second yeah. half, you want to know what his numbers were? Uh, six of seven for, <laughs> yeah, I have it too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. You could tell, but I thought it was seven of seven. Maybe it was six. So of seven. I had, I had him at eight of 15 in the first half and six of seven in the second half ending 14 of 22 for 188 and four touchdowns. Okay. I might've, I, I thought I wrote it on seven of 15, but who was eight of 15 then. Yeah. So he was six of seven or seven of seven at half. Either way, yeah. two touchdowns. This throw was so money i mean you could have had any corner on the league on amari that is just what, what they always say there's no defense for a perfect throw that was his best throw of the season probably two comments i'll make on this throw one i went and was doing my weekly like scrounging through the bowels of youtube to find like the us of other teams and i found like a 500 subscriber panthers podcast called the meow cast which great name boys keep it tight, up tight. um and they went they were breaking down this play and they both of these guys we're like, honestly, like, I don't even think CJ did a bad job on this coverage. It's, it's pretty good coverage. This is just a dime. It's just a dime. Mm-hmm. I was like, it is. And then the second thing I want to call out is go watch the, the, between the snap and the throw of this, Tony Pollard is on the field and, uh, Shaq Thompson comes through this line. Like he's about to kill Dak and no joke. Tony Pollard takes a running start. Like he's going to, He's doing a running play, and he puts Shaq Thompson on his ass, dude. Like Tight. a a pass protection block for the ages. Like Pete Pancakes, one of the best linebackers in the league, and gives Dak that extra two seconds to just lace that motherfucker, dude. And it was a beautiful throw, beautiful throw. Yeah, so we we we, we score that touchdown. Then we forced them a three and out, including uh, Golston, the rookie, and ODZ. Odigaziwa, I, I keep fucking up his name, man. I gotta, I gotta learn that shit because Osa's gonna be around for a minute. That kid looks legit. He, he's like second in the NFL in pressures this year, and he had a the yeah. only interior D lineman with more is, I believe, Aaron Donald. Who's Osa crazy. is, as of right now, in his first four games, he has as many QB hits as any Dallas Cowboys defensive lineman had <laughs> last season combined. Dude, he's he's a freak. So he had a he had a sack here, so that's a three and out for them. Then we go on a four play touchdown drive, which is 
CD for six, CD for seven. About all you saw of CD this game, which he just, like I said, I mean, this offense is can he spread it out. Um, and then Zeke, the 47-yard run we talked about. And then Schultz, an easy touchdown. Um, beautiful so fake. This is great play design by Kellen. It's a beautiful fake to Zeke. And then Schultz is wide open. He just walks this in. It's awesome. So I want to pause here for, for continuing on the third quarter. So they go for two here. Um, they went for two in the first half. I want to talk. How did you guys feel about the first half? So there's a there's a penalty on Carolina, and the ball moves from the two to the one. I don't I don't mind going I for like, it. I like going for it. I don't like the play call. I'd agree with that. I like that we went for the two the first. Agreed. Time. The like, Cowboys were averaging seven point six yards per first down in this game. Like every time it was first down, they snapped the ball. They averaged seven and a half yards. The offense. The offensive line was eating them for lunch. Give Zeke the rock here. He'll get you the yard like it's one nine yard. out of ten times. Yeah, this was getting cute is what this was. And if you're going to throw a pass, to throw a pass where he needs to get into the end zone is a bad idea too. You need to throw it into the end zone. Like that's also, you know, I just I read, like uh, idea. I read, and this was not, I mean, Schultz had a decent stat game, but this was not his best drive. This is where he almost fumbled. And then they ruled his knee was – I mean, his knee was barely down, but it was down. And the second time was the forward progress. Absolutely he, fumbled. <laughs> he legit fumbled. And then they threw to him again here, and I read basically he messed up his route. He didn't get it deep enough. Otherwise, it, I mean, he was the play design. Um, so I agree with you there. Fast forward to this. We didn't go for two to make it 14-21, but then we decide to go for two to make it 14-28. I just – I, I just wonder what the reasoning was there. I well, I feel like we got caught in this cycle we saw with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2016 where you miss an po extra point, and so then on a subsequent touchdown, you decide you're going to go for two to make up for that. Then you miss that, and then you like, oh, I got to double down, and I got to go for two again to try to make up for these other two extra points that I gave up, and then it's like I just missed one extra point again. It's a very easy cycle to get into. We watched the Steelers miss three two-point conversions in the same game, getting into this, like, trying to catch up, like, process. And you just so rarely make them. Like, two-point conversions are intentionally much more difficult. That's why they're worth twice as many points. No, I hated going for two here. Like, I, I understand why they might want to. Agreed. I just feel like the way this game was going, this wasn't a game that we're going to be point-starved. No. We should have just kicked it and gotten that one extra point. That's Yeah, so when, when the opportunity presented itself when they're on when they when they penalize themselves, you go to the one, pound the rock with Zeke, get your two if you can. Otherwise, take the free point every time. Every single time. If in basketball, if you got fouled and they were like, shoot free throws or shoot a contested three, which one are you gonna do? Like no one would ever take the contested three except in the most dire of situations because that's stupid. <laughs> like it's free points. Take the free ones. Yeah, I agree with definitely going for it the first time. The second time, uh, um, eh, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Zach. Oh, do you think that this might have had something to do with them not trusting Zerline? No, I think if they didn't trust Zerline, like I feel like we've there's been so many things between. Like, obviously, he missed the extra point in this game, but between his other fuck-ups, there have been these moments where he's, like, been asked to do so much, and if you didn't trust your kicker, you wouldn't do that. So, like, I feel like they trust him. For, I mean, like, the 56-yard game winner, you're not 
I mean, they had no choice, but at the same time, like he nailed, he ripped that shit. So I don't think that's why, but we'll never really know, I guess. Yeah. I hope it's not too, because I feel like if you don't trust them to kick an extra point. Yeah, that's bad. Let me, let me tell you, Zach, Texas Tech was in that situation once, and they started going for two every single time they scored, and then they held a contest at halftime to have a student come out of the stands and kick a field goal to win free rent for a year, and the kid nailed it, and so they gave him a scholarship. That's desperate. <laughs> and he was a better kicker than our other kid. <laughs> yeah, for his credit. He was better than that other guy. I remember uh, the Seahawks playoff game. Their kicker got injured, mm-hmm. and they end up having to just go for two every time, and it killed them. It was oh, yeah. why they lost that game. Yeah. I it's did the free not throws like- of football, man. It's the free throws of football. It'll kill you if you can't take them. Right, so uh, resuming, so after we get that, 26-14, Carolina gets the ball back. They're driving, and then on third and five from Carolina's 45, Darnold throws his first interception of the game to one Trayvon Diggs, who's chilling in zone coverage. I think this was just a bad throw by by Sam. Why but... why did he th- why did he uh why did he have a bad throw, Ben? Was he <laughs> pressured by someone? Uh your boy Randy was in That's his correct. Up in his face. Making plays happen. But yes, Trayvon I uh, mean we'll... dude, this guy is just an animal. He's an animal. I mean we've we've been trading all the the posted stats since it happened but like dude you have to go back 10 years to find a db that had five picks in a season the the number of cowboys like not even like shitty cowboys players but like well-known cowboys players that were here for a decade that had like eight picks in their career is long gerald sensenbaugh Orlando Scandrick, like guys that were here for a decade and played Mm -hmm. db forever had like eight career picks Diggs has eight career picks, and he's like 18 games into his career as a Cowboy. Byron Jones was here for 79 starts and had two picks. It's it's completely unreal. I'm worried. It's I can't imagine it's going to hold up. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, th- yeah, God, no. Season, but... yeah, no. I mean, if you tell me season, if, if he ends the season with 10, that'll be amazing. I mean, I that say, that would be nearly it, a record. Like, it it almost 14. It would, yeah. No one's touching yeah. night train lane. Yeah, um, that was that was back when quarterbacks were literally like throwing the ball underhanded and like <laughs> real dumb shit. They just didn't Only really like allowed to play. It was crazy. There was no like analytics. They just no one really gave a shit if he turned the ball over or not. It was just some backyard yeah, shit. Like, fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't believe I'm spacing his name. Who's the Jets' like only good quarterback ever? They like called Broadway the Joe. Yeah. Joe Namath is like a Hall of Famer. He has like 170 career touchdowns and like 250 career interceptions, and he's like considered a, a an all time great. So they were just heaving that shit back then. Yeah, ball control was not really a, a philosophy in those days, but yeah, uh, a pick here for Diggs, which was great. So then the Cowboys get the ball back, a three play, 37 yard touchdown, which begins with Pollard for 14, Pollard for no gain, and then. Cedric Wilson on a semi-blown coverage, a semi-just savvy play from Dak. Dak kind of a uh, he 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 just read the defense from. I was reading Sturm's article, and he kind of did a little shoulder shimmy towards Schultz in the flat. Both linebackers jumped down to Schultz, and it just left Wilson wide open in the seam. 
that safety Wilson was coming. The, put yeah, that dude in the spin that, cycle. Baby. That safety could not cover all that ground. Beautiful little move by Cedric. And, 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 and you know what? That's this not a scrub at safety. Jimmy Chin is a good safety, dude. Like I, you I just can't him. ask a safety to run no. from 20 yards to make that play. Like, no. That's... And uh, say I'll say this about Wilson, dude. Like, making a case for himself to keep a, a role in this offense. It's back-to-back games with touchdowns. Um, this is what I've loved so much about this team is that this is truly like a no ego offense. Like whoever is open gets the ball. We're seeing games where Amari doesn't touch the ball. CD didn't get much attention this game. Doesn't matter who has more carries. Doesn't matter who gets to catch the touchdowns. We had four different players catch touchdowns this time. It was awesome, man. I love you it. See, uh, sorry, Zach, were you about to say something? No. I was going to say, do you see uh, your boy on that that thing, uh, Amari's quote after last week? They asked him, you know, you only had two catches, and Amari doesn't care. He's never been a diva. And they asked him, like, you know, do you feel like you want more catches or targets? You know, the classic media trying to bait him. And he goes, oh, yeah, I saw this. And he's like, well, we won the game by 20. It'd be pretty selfish for me to want the ball more. I think we're doing something right. Like, basically, yeah. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but he was That's pretty much big. like, no, nah, like, I'm, exactly what we you won want, by dude. 20, dog. I'm, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I, have a, I have a cool receiver stat for you, gentlemen. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, as of right now, in the 2020 receiver class, he has, uh, so far this season, Trayvon Diggs has the fifth most uh, catches, the fourth most yards, and the third most touchdowns of any wide receiver drafted in the 2020 NFL draft, just Fuck by yeah. his interceptions. That so is, it's pretty much just Jamar Chase in front of him and Devonta in front of him. It's it's basically just let me see here. Van Jefferson has thirteen. It, this is the twenty. Oh, draft sorry, sorry. Hayden. Yeah, so it's okay. It's T. Higgins has had a, a good year. Michael Pittman is really good. Lavashka Chanel has done his thing, Ooh. and Chase Claypool, and that's really the only guys. But you look at these stats, and you're just like reading down the numbers, and it's like Trayvon Diggs five catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. You're like, yeah, that seems like a second year receiver. Who's like fourth in their death chart. You know what I mean? Just like, it's nuts that he's even in that, <laughs> in that category. Denzel Mims so, was drafted five spots after Trayvon Diggs as a receiver. And he has one catch for 40 yards and no touchdowns this year. And Trayvon Diggs has five picks. <laughs> yeah. So, so at this point, um, at this point in the third quarter, they had, we Cowboys had run, 11 plays and scored 20 points. Pretty fucking stupid good. efficient, dude. And it's and then 33 to 14. So it's 33 14. They don't go for two here. Thank fuck. Um, Carolina gets it. Third play of the drive. Darnold on a third and three tries to throw a little dig. And speaking of digs, the boy just fucking reads this. I mean, I texted this is, Andy. This like, is an all. The, this is all digs. The last one's I, a bad throw. This is yeah. All I said the digs. first one like anyone could pick that like bad throw by Darnold or just didn't see the zone. This second one was just purely digs out reading the ball and then just a special pick like a special energy. There's only a handful of guys in the league right now who make that pick. He's like, a former is, wide receiver, and you can see it right here. And I'll say this about this and pick. And DJ Moore, so, by the way, I got a credit. DJ Moore's a fucking stud. Oh, so for him was, to that's, wrestle so that's where I was going. DJ Moore is amazing. He had eight catches for 113 yards and two touchdowns in this game. With Trayvon Diggs on him, he had eight of his 12 targets. He caught three balls for 34 yards and had an interception. So all the other, all, most of his yardage was on big plays against other guys. 
Then his other pick, the first one was he was covering Robbie Anderson. And when he was covering Robbie Anderson, he gave up one catch for 11 yards and also had an interception. So wherever Diggs is on the field, there's a good chance that guy's giving up a pick and that that guy's not doing shit that's going to affect the game, at least while Diggs is in his vicinity. It's a stupid effect that he has. His point of gravity is nuts. I mean, that pick, though, I mean, I've been watching it probably 15 times today. Yeah, it's he's nuts. over it because he's literally in midair juggling the ball back and forth to catch it while fighting off the receiver and ends up yeah. – it is, is, Ben, is that the best – interception you've seen from a Cowboys DB in a decade. I have one that pops in my head, but it was in preseason when Cheetah one handed one. That yeah. was I, I think about that one a lot, but it doesn't really count. It doesn't so, really count and it was it was preseason. Super nasty. Me and you were Cheetah both so convinced that, that Cheetah was about to have an all ball. pro year. Yeah. Um I gotta say this though. So that that pick I was I was at a, a shower from one of our friends, like wedding shower thing. And um dude the whole place like so at the third, you know, we're at the, all watching at the half. It's kind of a any game. The whole place starts buzzing when Diggs gets yeah. the second pick. Like when he got the first one, it was exciting. Then we scored and we're like, okay, we kind of put it out. When he got the second pick, like everyone had to walk around to everyone and be like, dude, did you, dude, Diggs had a, dude, Diggs had another one. It was That's like, so I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen that type of buzz in so long of like everyone had to tell, like it was, it was incredible. The amount of just everyone like no fucking way did he have that so, again, uh, like. So when, when uh, during that period of the game, Cassie and I, uh, we just got our build permits for our house. So we had driven out to where they're building our house and we were like walking around the lot and I was watching on my phone and I'm in like, there's like people walking their dogs and shit around this neighborhood. And I have my phone. And I'm like, so everyone's just like looking at me and Cassie's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Diggs got another interception. I was like, who's Diggs? <laughs> Like, oh, you know Sprinkle, but you don't know Diggs. All right. Sprinkle was in this game. Yeah, I saw him fuck yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. – Okay, um, so Diggs, Diggs got, obviously I, super balling. One sec. I got, I, got, I got another Diggs stat for you before we okay, leave. Okay, give me it. Um, give me it. Sam Darnold was two for seven for 37 yards and two picks when targeting Trayvon Diggs as the nearest defender in coverage Ooh. Sunday. Oof. Opponents this season are now 11 of 25 with five interceptions when Diggs is the nearest defender in coverage. Bro, he is That's fucking an nasty. animal. But he was not alone on the defense on Sunday. Let me give you some interesting stats about some of our other guys out there. So first and foremost, the, the other rookie sensation, Micah Parsons. Let me give you a breakdown oh. of where Micah Parsons lined up on Sunday. Micah Parsons lined up 17 times on the D-line, two at uh, uh, at left outside linebacker, 10 times at right outside linebacker, four at REO, and two at LEO. He lined up 49 times in the box, one, 18 times at left inside, three times at uh, left linebacker, eight times at middle linebacker, 14 times at right inside linebacker and six times at right linebacker. He lined up three times as the slot corner once as the slot boundary corner and once at the uh, inside corner. And then he lined up once as the wide cornerback on the outside covering a wide receiver. So he played literally every position on defense except for safety. You know, we did talk about this. That's so nuts that 
that that highlight that was going around week one where he actually took a snap at center. Yeah, and snapped it to Tony Pollard, and Tony Pollard ran, and he blocked Vita Vea down the field. Like, <laughs> dude, who is this kid? He's a freak. Going back and watching again, watching Hard Knocks today, and you just see him like at training camp, just like already amped up, and then like on that first preseason game when he wanted to play more, and now knowing what he became, you're just like, oh my god, this kid's a fucking animal. I love it. The Lions always hungry, coach. The Lions always excited. hungry. I'm real excited to see what he's gonna do, not just the rest of the season. But in the future, like oh, he yeah. can only get better unless yeah. some, you know, knock on wood, horrible injury, like year two, year three. Well, let's yeah, let's let's be careful because man, this would be our third can't miss ten year <laughs> linebacker prospect in a row that we thought was. I mean, dude, LVE's rookie year was. We nasty. thought that guy was going to be fucking Brian Erlacher, Luke Keekley, like just insane. Jalen had his pro the bowl difference year. Difference was like, like he's going to be the like, predator. The difference, though, to Zach's point was LVE was a legit linebacker. Like yeah. Parsons is a f- legit athlete. Yeah, like, he's just, just a, a defender. He just plays athlete. defense. <laughs> so <laughs> that story, that story they keep talking about, like him at Penn State, like he showed they, up to camp and demanded they showed a up, wide yeah, receiver. They showed up to camp and they're like everyone at camp's like fighting for their position, like trying to show their skill set, like afraid to play anywhere else. And he's so comfortable just knowing how good he is that he asked the coaches if he can play wide receiver at camp. And they let him, and they said he was the best wide receiver on the field. Like, that's Bro, freaking. Yeah, let's, we need to let Micah play, like, the linebacker version of Dion. Let him, like, play some offensive snaps at tight end, dude. He'd probably be nasty in the red zone because he's so fucking big, dude. Let him play that great. Who was that? That fucking Patriots yeah, linebacker. Mike Rabel, like, 11 of 11. Gimmicky a stat. So much. Remember when they threw whenever Watson threw JJ Watt a fade and he caught it in the end zone? It was the oh, fucking worst yeah. moment of my life. <laughs> really terrible. Yeah. What'd uh, you say, uh, Zach? Don't worry that uh I guess before the draft he was talking to Sertain. Yeah. And uh yeah, Sertain was talking about, you know, he's the best corner and all this stuff. And the guy was of course. Parsons just said, You can't even cover me. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so tight. So tight. Yeah. Dude, well, during the joint practice with the Rams. And like all the both teams are like kind of chatting afterwards, and then uh, Micah just walks up to one of the Rams running backs who had they had sent out to pass protect against him, and he's like, "Man, they fucked up sending you out there against me, huh?" And then just walks away. You're just hey, like, hey, "That's an adult NFL player that you just walked up. You're like 20 years old, being like going up to another man and being like." Yeah, they fucked up giving you a job, huh? I get all they, right they, later. <laughs> they showed him in hard knocks, you know, losing that chess game to Danucci. And what I loved about it, it just reminds me of like every like cocky 12-year-old kid playing a video game. Like, dude, you're not even good. Like you, yeah. like, you just got lucky. <laughs> and that's ass. what I get. That's the vibe <laughs> I get from Parsons. Like, if he gets beat, he'll just be like, dude, that that guy, that's that guy's not even good. Like, he just he's never doubt. There's never any doubt. It's always there's never I like. I don't want to say accountability, but there's just never any like, man, I messed up or that guy's better than me going through his head. It's just like, man, that psh, he's not good. I could I could cover him all day. I could do that job. Like he just he he's he thinks he can do everything, which is just wonderful out there, man. I'm uh I'm definitely this doesn't pertain to anyone listening to this podcast, but I'm sending you guys this hilarious thing to listen to after we're done potting because it relates to that exact thing, and you'll find it very funny. Can't le- read it on the air, though. Oh. Fair enough. Anyway, back to uh, this game. Um, now yeah, we after got the third game. quarter, the third we, quarter, we got, was- we got we got one more superstar on defense to talk about, Ben. And you you know it had to happen. You know what's coming. 
<sighs> My boy Randy Gregory, let me tell you. Last week, he was he was lighting shit up. He was getting pressures all over the place. He got like five QB hurries. He got like a couple QB hits. He drew three flags. He would have had like a multi-sack game, except for they, they penalized my boy. And then this game, dude, they were dumb enough to put Cameron fucking Irving out there to try to block Randy Gregory. And boy, did Randy fucking eat, dude. Two sacks, four QB hits. Another one, he would have killed Darnold again, except they ripped Randy's helmet off in the middle of the play. So he drew another flag. I mean, I just love to see it from Randy, man. I, I it's, it's the game that we all – all of us Randy heads have known that he's capable of for years, and I love to see it. I really do. And when we get D-Law back on the other side, when you got D-Law, Randy in his final form, Micah, Osa, all these guys coming for the quarterback, dude, they're going to get pressure. I mean, this, this Dallas defense on Sunday, they ended up getting five sacks, 10 QB hits, 11 hurries. Like, that's an elite pass rush, and Randy's part of that, and I love it. You gonna go, Zach? I'll say uh, just that. It's kind of interesting though, because you guys actually know where we rank uh, defensive-wise on passing yards allowed. Like, what oh, like, a, like 29th, probably. We give up a ton of yards. 31st. Yeah, that, I mean that makes sense. We we give and up a ton of yards, especially in time. I mean, most of it was we gave up like 450 to Brady week one. I would say so like, it's also we have the second most pass attempts against yeah. us for the team. The team lower than us in both of those is actually the Bucks. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Which is just, that makes sense. Because I was going to say, though, like that's like, the stat. It's kind of a bullshit stat, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get raw, up on They don't have a chance but to try and throw and take us the out of the air. They can't afford it. Raw numbers are, are – Becoming worse and worse of a way to to judge Count, defenses and offenses. Stats. Yeah, uh, counting I stats. That was, that was the point I was trying to bring up. Like, but just, yeah, it doesn't. I I don't. I actually. I mean, I don't think we're that elite in coverage. Honestly, I just think we're a very opportunistic defense. We get after the quarterback and we force takeaways, and that's yeah, we do, all we, we ask them. Thing, yeah, I was going to say after last two year, things. Well, we get pre- get pressure and take the ball away. And with an offense as high octane as the one we have. If you can give us, if your team playing against us gives us one extra possession, you are most likely fucked. Like that is all the opening that this. I mean, Cowboy look at the Chiefs. Needs. The Chiefs the same. Chiefs haven't had a good defense in their their the Mahomes era. They've gone to three straight Super Bowls or three yeah. straight AFC championships, two straight Super Bowls, and their defense is average at best. It's just I mean, basically Tyre like Tyron Matthew getting the is their digs. handful of opportune picks, and then yeah. yeah. And then a D Ford every once in a while. D Ford like, and Frank Clark, and yeah, they got some some guys who could get after it. But yeah, that doesn't shock me. Um, and on the Randy point, I will say, yeah, he had a great game. I absolutely hands down. Um, it's it sucks for the Panthers. They have to start Cam Irving because we started that guy yeah, last year, that, and he as was soon as I fucking saw, I t- bad. So. Yeah, I, I saw that come across <laughs> my phone. Like I was driving, it was texting Ben with one hand. I was like, "They're starting fucking Cam Irving, dude. Randy's gonna eat, dog." Like, yeah, that was so I, I, so garbage, dude. That had to give Randy uh, a that had to give Randy a bunch of confidence because I'm sure in practice last year he just took yeah. Irving. Oh my god, his soul. Six his of every ten soul, snaps. Dude. Yeah. Like, so I'm sure lining up against that guy, which he already knew everything he was about, just 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 allowed him to to be even more of a menace. Um, but like I said, Osa was part of the pressure. I mean, 
Micah, of course. Uh, Bro, imagine that in six Basham weeks, you're going you're, you're like, to be talking geez. about a defensive line that is potentially Randy, Osa, uh, Tank. Well, no, I'm thinking of the other D tackle we're missing. Gallimore. Um, Gallimore and then Tank, dude. Like, that's a stupid front four. And then you got Micah doing his thing. You got Armstrong rotating in. You got, I mean, dude, it's crazy. And then, like, guys like Neil that can, like, fly in. Hooker who can make a, a good play from time to time. The safety play continues to impress. Can we talk about uh, J. Ron Kirst, dude? Who just – balling? An- another guy that just, like – a starter goes down, and this guy steps up so hard that you're almost like, I don't even really – I mean, me and Ben have never been huge Donovan Wilson super fans, but no. Jaron Curse has more than made up for his absence. I have not even thought about the absence of Donovan Wilson. Jaron Curse has looked incredible. That hit was one of the hardest hits I've seen. Dog, also, and I can't believe they flagged him, dude. I was, for yeah. like five minutes, I became just, like that fucking boomer NFL fan that's like, the game's getting fucking soft. Like, this is bullshit. They're fucking oh. – You just can't – You can't – football. You just can't hit I, – I knew right when I saw it, I saw two things. One, that was clean as fucking vicious. And two, he's getting flagged for that and probably fine for it. I mean, that's just the NFL nowadays. They, but and I what? get it, I, but I do know for that was a I, bad. I, I don't know play. this for a fact, but I guarantee you that DQ just went to him and was like, hey. "Do not give a shit about that. Do exactly that at all times. Continue Speaking to of, do that." There were a couple big hits in this game. They they had a few ones, and then uh, Ant Brown had a hard, nice pop. Ant Brown had a good pop on Chuba too. He El did. Chubacabra. Uh, Micah's sat sack on. Her on uh Darnold was was hard. I'll tell you what, I think I think uh because I went back and I watched the highlights from like the Eagles game. Schultz can take a hit, dude. Like he gets blown up a lot of times when he catches balls. This team was hitting hard to start this game. Like they were flying around, they have a reputation for hitting hard, and they do hit hard. I will give them that. There was a couple uh Pollard runs where Pollard got stood up and he got taken down now. The only guy that wasn't, they couldn't do that to was Zeke because Zeke does not get punished. Zeke punishes. That is the equation. Like, there is only unstoppable force in that situation. But, yeah, man, all in all, I mean, we don't. I don't even really want to go to the end of this game unless you want to talk about the uh, – I, I do. Uh, more about the – less about the them scoring piece and more just about the situation around McCarthy and the player management I, load management. Before we get into all that, I just want to say – Coming to the fourth quarter, unless I'm off by like a play or two, we were at 36-14. Yeah. Yes. My prediction was 35-14. Yeah, you you I had was it. Positive, I was gonna get it. You should have nailed it. Yeah, you were it you were so you were stripped of a very deserving, accurate prediction by uh, the fates. So it would seem. So yeah, for those who didn't get to watch the game, McCarthy decides there's there's this, and who knows what's true about, about this, but the the story is that. During the second interception that uh, Diggs had, the he he tweaked his back a little bit, going like torquing into that because he did have to do like some crazy acrobatics to get that his hands on that pick. His back was tightening up a little bit. We were up by three scores, and McCarthy decided at that point to pull both Randy Gregory and Diggs because both of them had been lit, like Diggs was had back tightness, and Randy had been limited to practice that week. He, the reason he gave was like this player management load management thing. From that perspective, I can almost understand it. Obviously, they had a short week. This game is most likely won. There are no style points in the NFL. It's not like college where, like, winning by 30 is more valuable than winning by three. 
Like it only, only matters you win. So the fact that we did win and these guys got to rest is actually the best outcome. However, 12 minutes left in a game in the NFL where there is so much parity and this team has shown that they are capable of moving the ball on you successfully with a guy like DJ Moore. It came across to me, and I want to know what you guys think of this. It came across to me like a very cocky decision, like an incredibly self-assured, near arrogant decision to gain, I, uh, to, to put to put backups in at a point like that in the game. I think there's one part that you uh, are missing though, because I mean, yeah, we were up by three points, and they did they have no timeouts or one timeout left? I don't none. remember. None. They, they burned used the third quarter. Yeah, correct. That also changes things a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So initially, I was pissed. I was angry when you hear about the digs thing and seeing the end results of the game. I'm actually, I'm totally okay with it. Okay, like, that's fair. We saw in that last quarter what our defense looks like with, without them. Yeah, we look pretty bad. We even well, have- and, and I'll say this: it's a combination of them not being on the field. Backups being in, and they're they're running what every NFL team does when they're in that situation, which is like soft zone. Don't give up the big play over the top. Just basically like you don't really care if they get into the end zone. You just want them to bleed clock and work for every score so that it takes them effectively the rest of the game to get close to you. And the assumption is that had they gotten the ball back with the you know three minutes to go and they're down eight, then Diggs, Randy would have been back on the field and we would have been playing our normal defense again. So, I'm, again, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think Mike took a lot of shit for two decisions in this game. That was one. The other one was to decline that penalty that put them at third and 12 instead of second and 29 or whatever it was, and they ended up converting the third down. Once we had all the information, I didn't really have a problem with either of those decisions. Like, frankly, I would rather rest Diggs. If he had any tweak in his back at all, I'd rather Diggs rest because I don't give a shit if he's in for the end of a win. Um and yeah, I, I, and on the other one, I'm just kind of like, dude, I trust, you know, you got to trust your defense and a third down. I'd rather take the down than the distance too. So that's my, that's so my take. That, the last one about him declining the penalty. He, I really feel like he's only getting a lot of shit of it because they did convert it. Yeah. If they didn't, it would have been, mean, that would have well, been absolutely. It wouldn't be I mean, like, it, it's the same thing with, football. it's the same thing with the two point conversion people who yes. are pissed. I mean, it's a, it's, it's results based analysis. You know, yeah, everyone's people are judging the result, not the thing, not the not the actual decision. I mean, someone played a stat, so that was third and twelve or third and fourteen. I can't remember. Third and thirteen, I think they had on the penalty decline. I personally would have liked to see them accept it, but at the same time, your defense defenses this year on or offenses this year on converting third and thirteen and longer are fifteen percent. So you gotta you gotta expect the, the sheet, defense to get the, off the, the field. sheet says the sheet says that you'll you'll yeah. get that stop. You didn't, but I mean, weird things happen when the when the Chargers forced a fourth and two, and they got good coverage downfield. How pissed do you think they were that Dak basically like scrambled around their dude's arm tackle and got fifteen yards? That was probably horrendously upsetting. So weird shit happens in football. Um, as long as Diggs is okay. I'm totally okay with the outcome. I do not give a shit about winning by a hundred points or five points. Winning is really all that matters. Well, I mean, so <laughs> dude, I will say that. I mean, McCarthy says it. I just watched this part on hard knocks where McCarthy gives what I thought was like his coolest speech of the preseason. when he was just like, he basically says like winning 
is all that fucking matters in this business. That's it. Winning a championship is all that matters. Having a winning season isn't enough. Going into the playoffs isn't enough. Winning a championship is all that fucking matters because when you lift that trophy, it's a lot fucking heavier than you think it is. And I think he's operating as with that as a guiding philosophy. Like at the end of this thing, it's like no one gives a shit about, no one's going to remember whether we won by six, eight or 15 if we win the Super Bowl this year. No one's going to be like, well, we should, uh, if we lose the Super Bowl, no one's going to wish we had beat the Panthers by more points. And if we lose, if we win the Super Bowl, no one's going to give a shit that we lost or that we won by eight instead of 10. You know what I mean? So I think, especially with a guy like Diggs, who right now is, I'm almost for t- treating him like a pitcher throwing a perfect game. Like no one even look at Diggs. No one make eye contact with Diggs. No one talk to Diggs. Diggs needs to be in a fucking hyperbaric time chamber like fucking Goku eating sinsu beans until we release him onto the field to kill Danny Dimes next week. So that's how I feel about it. You know, so also for McCarthy, all the major issues that people have really had with him have all worked out in our favor. So I'm just kind of curious how much of those are like really bad decisions versus just no one trusts them because no one trusts them. I mean, agreed. I, but I just want to clarify real quick. These are situations this is a, where this is these a, are situations where like people are are basically just a, one. You're, you're colored by your predecessor's record, so like people watch Jason Garrett fuck up clock management, and it did bite us in the ass. It did not work out in our favor, and so people are just expecting that if you mess up clock management, if you don't use your timeouts correctly, if you do those things, eventually, if you do all those things wrong, luck will not be on your side. And then you'll be all these other mistakes that you've made that have not bitten you. You pay for them all at one time. The whole bill comes due and because then it'll be like, Oh, we saw this coming, dude. Like he's been doing this shit all season and we didn't fix it. You know, like that's unfortunately the nature of the business. Yeah. I think a few things are, are, we were awful last year. So people very early made up their mind that he sucks too. Yeah, My mom hates him. Like for no reason, just like she'll call me. She'll be like, we need to fire him. I'm like, they're not going to fire this guy. I'm just telling you right now. Two, two. Um, this fan base is is has been in the the wilderness for 25 years and is so used to hating on their coaching staff and something being True. wrong with this team that with everything going so right, we have to nitpick something in someone. And he's he's just been the guy, you know. I mean, even Jalen can't get in the crosshairs this year because he he's not on the field enough. <laughs> so, and when he's on the field, he's doing okay. Yeah. So there's there's just no one else for anyone to really be vehemently angry at other than him. And then three, um, that sweatshirt he was wearing was just so bad, man. It was just uh, it was sell it. so. They've been selling it for a while. In the pro Dak, Dak was wearing one pregame too. I think it's like one of their uh, yeah. I, oh, I know what it is. It's Hispanic Heritage Month. It's supposed to be like it's a. Uh, no, I think it's for awareness, actually. It's, their, it's right. every color represents cancer. Yeah. Oh, is this the Crucial Catch campaign? Whatever they do every year, I'll just say if if that's do they what, make money on cancer. Yeah, if that's what the NFL's selling, right, then can, cancer's fucking gonna win. That <laughs> yeah, shit, cancer ugly. straight undefeated because you showed up in that fucking sweatshirt, dog. Although I did hear on the radio they were talking about it, and someone said they actually sold out at halftime. On of that course book. they did. They sell out of those ugly ass <laughs> pink jerseys. Like I get those camo email. hats that me. I get an email every year for the like 
hey guys, the the salute to the service shit is back in stock, and it's always instantly sold out. It's like those ugly green jerseys that I'm just like, bro. I saw those. Yeah, dude, they're so ugly, dude. And like, I don't know. I don't want to get into like, I don't want to meddle politics into our podcast, but I just like the whole thing about the military pays the NFL to like basically market them to the rest of the world is super hey. gross to me. And like, I, I think, I, I think any marriage between the NFL and, and, and military is one, all the gear just looks awful. And two, it just brings out the worst type of NFL fan. I'm sorry. Well, and they just drag, I'm just, sorry. I'm going to get mean for a second. They just drag Pat Tillman's dead corpse out to the 50 and then like work his mouth like a sock puppet and make him be like the war in Iraq was tight. Woohoo. <laughs> go patriotism. Even though that dude fucking hated everything about all that bullshit. And like his last words were effectively like, I really hope they don't use me as a symbol for this bullshit. And they totally have like, Oh, it sucks. Okay, sorry, listeners. We, we, that's a different podcast. That's our lefty liberal. Uh, <laughs> it's not even that. Podcast. I mean, that, I don't even think that. It's just yeah. It's just it's just vain, that's basic human decency. Vain you, NFL shit. But yeah, that's just greed. you know what. Final <laughs> score. Greed. Final score. Thirty six twenty eight. If you bet on this game, Dallas did cover. Um, and 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 that's a wrap for the boys. They moved to three and one. Um. All of our rivals somehow eked out fucking victories except for Philly. Uh, I don't know what the hell Tennessee was doing, but they lose. I don't I mean, know what the Tennessee, hell. Tennessee's missing like A.J. Brown and Julio. And Do you still have Derrick Henry and you're playing the trash-ass Giants? Yeah, well, we're playing the trash ass Giants this week, baby. We'll handle it. I'm sorry, the Titans are frauds. That game will forever yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. taunt. And and the Saints are frauds because they lost to yeah, New York. Are. So both those teams are trash. Um, Philly did lose to uh, the Chiefs. They actually kind of hung tough for a bit, but the Chiefs are just going to boat race a team like Philly. Yeah, Pat so. just started throwing five touchdowns, and that was it. Um, Tyreek so- got single cover the whole game, which is funny. So The Titans were playing the Jets. Oh, that's right. Oh, sorry. The Jets lost the Jet, to that. The well, Titans are the still played the Saints. Yeah, the Jets played the Saints. I mean, that's Washington. Oh, uh, Washington played Atlanta. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Washington played Atlanta, which Atlanta sucks, so that makes sense. Okay, well, the, the statement still holds true. The Titans suck ass. So we, um, we, do play, uh, we do play the Giants this coming week. They do have to come to Dallas. Uh, a lot of talk because uh, ye old Saquon Barkley, Coupon Barkley, Came back from injury. He had a classic Barkley game, 50 yards on the ground on like 100 carries. And then in garbage time against single coverage, someone let him get out into the open field and he scampered like 100 billion yards for a touchdown. So they beat maybe the worst team in football and he had a 100-yard game. We had to hear all about it. I'm sure that this week – I can't wait to see a thousand Instagram posts of all 15 rushing yards he gets against the Dallas Cowboys defense and how just, yo, he's so agile. His thighs are so big. So big. Yeah, we do play the the G men. They stink. Uh, We're seven and a half point favorites. I think eight and a half now. It's really jumped. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Sorry. Real quick, before we go into the uh, Giants game. Yeah, you got any final thoughts? No, Andy, who's your star of the game? Ooh. Oh, we right. forgot so about we our best believe, segment. Can't believe we left this. All right, right. Again. let me let me let me let me set this for the fans again. I, I apologize. We'll begin with Andy. Uh, this is the goats goat of the game. Please let this us. This is a tough one for me because I have a couple thoughts. I mean, one is uh, 
let me say this. It's crazy that Dak Prescott can have a game where he goes out there, he goes almost perfect in the second half, he throws four touchdowns, does not turn the ball over at all, and he's, like, not even in, like, the running for, like, the – we, we almost expect greatness out of Dak now. That's how far he's come as a quarterback, which is just awesome. Like, Dak, he isn't quite there, but I compare it to, like, Luka, where, like, Luka puts up such gaudy numbers all the time for the Mavs that, like, people don't even notice anymore. So, like, like, Dak Dak is in that category for Cowboys fans now. We're like, he has a four-touchdown game, whereas two years ago, if Dak did this game, we would have been like, holy shit, this was amazing. And now we're like, yeah, Dak did a good job, dude. He looks really sharp, you know? It's and like, then talk about Zeke. It's like Mahomes had a five-TD game or, like, Danny Dimes threw for 400, like 200 more yards than Dak because Danny Dimes is better. So Way it's better, just like, definitely. It's, so it's like when you see things like that, like, but when Dak, you know, I mean – a good game for Dak, 188 yards, impressive, you know. Impressive, but, but yeah. no, so so Dak was awesome. Zeke, uh, I mean, it's Zeke's best game in a couple of years, and he won this game for the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion, but I'm a loyal man, and so my goat, goat of the game, Randy, motherfucking Gregory, Woo. two sacks, a nice little basket of QB hurries, a bunch of hits, drew another very costly flag for the other team. Randy Gregory is the goat goat of the game. All right, Mr. Love, who is Love's love list of the game? I'm going with Zeke. Ooh. He ran all over this defense. Daddy did. Rushed them. Like, I'm going to echo Andy's sentiment about Dak because I was actually planning to go on something like that if no one of y'all did. Like his this whole season, he's just been so good. Yeah, better than I've seen him. I think ever. Honestly, I do think it's the best he's ever been. He has three uh, in four three of the four games he's thrown for at least three touchdowns. He has ten touchdowns. People are talking about Matthew Stafford being MVP because he has eleven touchdowns and two picks, and Dak has ten touchdowns and two picks and a rushing touchdown. You know how good he's doing because no one even mentions the contract anymore. No, yeah, that's that's done. No one's, yeah, mm, no one's yeah. no one is out there being like, don't give Dak his bag. In fact, what's interesting is, I see a lot of analysts say that they're like, oh, people didn't want to pay this guy, but now you know what I mean. Like now, everyone's suddenly super pro pay Dak, which is interesting because it was very controversial at the time. But yeah, I agree with that totally. Honorary love to Dak. Hell yeah. Also, just gonna throw out again, Diggs. Yeah, I mean that's everyone's interceptions. Ended the Until game. further notice, Diggs is the permanent. Uh, it's just be understood. Star love goat uh, on the side. I mean, anyone can still give him the award, but like we can all just assume that he's in everyone's top two to three because he's just a, a straight god. And yeah, no, so I, Zeke, yeah, I did not expect to ever see unreal, unreal game. It was great. I'm upsetting that it, he hasn't uh, lifted a shirt and shown the. Feed me tattoo again. Uh, I've been waiting. Yeah, and, and he's ripped up now. He's got the eight. Yes. It'll look awesome, dude. Uh, maybe it ruins his tattoo. Oh, that could be it too. Like some stretch marks type could situation. Be could be it. All right, Ben. Who's the walk star star of the game? Um, you can start with my honorable mentions. Um, Zeke was the honorable mention this week. Uh, fantastic game. Uh, echo everything you fellas said. Probably, honestly, his best game since 2019 ish. Um, I easily could have given it to him. Um, but a fella, I got to go with the first ever back-to-back walk star, star of the game, Trayvon Diggs, 
two interceptions. Trey Deasy. I know he's in the top two. I don't care. This kid's still getting the walk star star of the game. I love him. I'm going to buy his jersey. Maybe not, but I don't know. Maybe I don't want to <laughs> jinx it. But. Do you remember when uh, they were trying to give Adrian Peterson that really terrible nickname on ESPN for a while? We the like, cashier. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was just about to say that for Diggs. I was like, that's what we call him, the cashier, because he, like, he makes you pay. He makes you pay. telling me about this. <laughs> he is a worst. I'm so glad they don't let Merrill Hodge on TV anymore, dude, with his big ass. You know what else? Eyes. You know what else bit he always tried to push was he is a factor back. Dude, yeah. <laughs> he, they tried to give him a segment called factor back, and I was like, dude, that's not what the word factor means. That means he's just like a small piece of the equation. It means the or, opposite of how you're using it. Like, Or the Dilford dime where he, they throw like a fireball emoji on the football. Oh. They're the best throw. Can we talk about how Fox, the best part about having a game on Fox is that you get one of their weird CGI animations in the middle of the game. So this, this week it was Dak sitting in a big like bad scientist yeah. computer and it was like one half was like the 90s cowboys and one half was like the the Staubach cowboys and Dak like pulled both levers and they combined into like some chemicals i was like what does this mean dude like what does this mean speaking of by the way just uh, one more stat for us before we move on um this is the first time a dallas cowboys quarterback and running back have had 140 yards rushing and four touchdowns in the same game since Staubach and Tony Dorsett in 1975. Not too shabby on the company there, boys. So, yeah, let's get into this Giants game a little bit. Not a ton to say. I'll say this. The coolest thing the Giants have done all year was they were going into overtime on Sunday, and they had to flip the coin, and they sent Jabril Peppers out to do the coin toss, and they have field mics at the coin toss so you can hear what the guys say. And Jabril Peppers called heads, and when it landed on heads, he just screamed out, yeah, we want that motherfucker, really loud. And it echoed through the entire stadium. And, man, I've been on on record as saying that Jabril Peppers sucks, and I've called him Jabril Poopers for, like, five years. But that was really cool. I'll give him credit. That was hilarious. So, one point for the Giants. That was very tight of Jabril. But real talk, we're going to shit on this team. Um I don't think the players should approach it that way. They should approach it like they approach every game, that they all matter and whatnot. But this team is ass. I mean, they are super terrible. Cowboys are favored by a touchdown. Also at home again. Yeah, we're at home right now. Uh, The Giants are one and three. They're a seven-point underdog. I I would take that. I would say the Cowboys will win by more than seven. Um, Their leading running back is Daniel Jones. So – they have no ground game. Daniel Jones is a walking turnover. And I fully expect for Zeke, Amari, CD, Pollard, and Dak to wreck this team, put up a 40-burger, and be home also, in time for lunch. They're also probably going to be without Slate and Shepard again, so their only receiver at all is is Kenny is Galladay. Who? Holiday, yeah. They have John. That John Ross had a touchdown last week, which I didn't. I one didn't know he was on the Giants, and two didn't know he could catch touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, man, they're really bad. The fact that the Saints lost this game is the biggest indictment of New Orleans that I've ever seen. Yeah, they. The New Orleans Saints were living for weeks on the slubbing they put on the Packers week one when Aaron Rodgers had not yet decided if he still liked playing football and 
ever since then, the Saints have looked very pedestrian at best. Um, I mean, they were the Panthers' quote-unquote good win, and we kind of exposed them for being not nearly as good as they were thought to be. Um, how about predictions, boys? What do we think of this game? Do you want to go? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna look at analyze it a little bit, but yeah, Danny, Danny Jones, quarterback. We've seen him many times. Been unimpressed with him many times. Oh I man, think... maybe so tired of Danny Dimes got like a crazy opiate addiction, and everyone started calling him Danny Dones instead. He's like real into yeah. hydrocodeine. That'd be t- kind of tight. Then he dropped like a mixtape. <laughs> gets a bunch of like gets a bunch of tattoos and shit. Hell yeah, dude! He's like in prison. That'd be kind of lit. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're. I mean, dude, this is Jason Garrett coming into town. We haven't talked about uh, our former. Oh, I always head coach. forget he's their coach. They hate he's him. Their, they, the Giants their OC. Him so yeah. much already, dude. He's so bad. <laughs> so much I mean, already. we're gonna have such an advantage in the coaching. We're gonna have such an advantage pretty much everywhere. The only thing I fear is if. If Amari can't go, which we haven't seen any indication of that, and then CD's our only player. They do have a really good corner in James Bradbury. Um, he's a Dude, stud. Honestly, uh, between the tight ends, two running backs, and don't don't sleep on Big Head said, dude. I think Cedric yeah. Wilson can go out there and get it done against yeah. their third corner, dude. Like I'm not that I, worried about this team. I think, yeah, Kellen has shown that he can find ways to to attack any defense, but that's that's the only little pause I have at all. Um, playing at home, I just I just don't see much. I just don't see they would have to have so many lucky things go their way or nice bounces for their for for this game to be close. I think yeah, Dallas by seven. I mean, a touchdown feels nice. I think it's it. If anything, it's what happens last week, and we're up by like fourteen or seventeen, and we we kind of take the foot off the, the gas a little bit. Um, you know, as I said, offensively, it's really Saquon is about all they have. Galladay it doesn't really scare me. Danny Dimes fumbles a lot. We should be able to get pressure. Their O line might be the worst. It's worse than Carolina's, so it's very possible we just sack the shit out of this team too. Um, I mean, they've awesome. only. They've only put up 83 points in four games. That's pretty low. That's, you know, what, like 17 a game or some shit, 18 a game. I don't know. Um, whatever it is. Anywho, uh, defensively, like I said, I don't know. Uh, James Bradbury's a stud. I, I think we win this pretty easily. I'm going 10 point margin of victory. I'm saying Dallas 31, Giants. Actually, I'm going 31 17. Okay, I like it. Zach, what are your thoughts? You know, it's hard for me to come up with an actual specific score. You were so close last time. You I know. That shit. The I'm, good thing is no one ever calls us out on this deck. It's like the, the talking heads on TV no, no, no. You can say whatever. It's not bad. It's just like, honestly, <laughs> in my head, it's hard for me because I'll be honest. I actually have noticed that Daniel Jones is playing a lot better than he has He is. He's, he's definitely a lot better. Than not before. that he's got a threat. Not they that haven't played he's going to put up 30 points. Yeah. But that's just something I've just noticed. I just want to mention because you want to, never mind. I was going to go on the whole thing about Jason Garrett. There's no need for that. But in the end, though, the end result would have been I think he actually does have a talent in bringing out talent in quarterbacks. Okay, that's great. all things considered. Like former quarterback, former quarterback. Dak showed a lot of improvement under him every year. You got Daniel Jones. He sucks at everything. Daniel Jones is getting a little better. Maybe it's just experience, maybe just age, but I'm going to go. 
22. Okay, that's fair. Like, um, at least one of those get their touchdown is going to be in garbage time. At least one. That's fair. I'm uh, I'm probably along the same lines. I think I do think Daniel Jones is better than he has been, but that's such a relative term when you've been yeah. so fucking bad. Um, I think a great game for Danny Jones would be putting up 250, 300 yards, including garbage time, scoring two touchdowns and only turning the ball over like once through the air and once on the ground because he's a fumble machine and he likes to throw picks. Um, I don't think they've played a defense like ours or an offense like ours yet. Um, I think, I don't know if Diggs is going to get the pick, but they're going to get picked off. They're going to get hit a lot. Uh, They don't have a good offensive line. And this could, like Ben highlighted, could be yet another feast for our our much uh, lauded recently defensive line. I'm going to say the Cowboys put up a 40-burger. I'm saying 42-17, boys roll. This is the game that Zeke was talking about in his interview when he said, I want to see us choke some guys out. This is the game where we Mm -hmm. choke some guys out. Um, And it gets us ready because uh, this is a – I mean, we don't have anything crazy hard coming up but you're not going to get to play the, the Giants every week. you got to go to Foxborough and play the Patriots next, who they looked halfway decent against uh, in a it hospitable did. environment against the Bucks. Then you got to go to Minnesota and play the Vikings, who they've got some players. And then you got to go home and uh, you play the Broncos. So, man, I just – you look at this schedule and things just set up so nicely. They really don't have, like, a gauntlet. Like, I'm not no. saying that there's any – I'm not saying any of these teams are complete pushovers, but they really don't have a stretch of games where you're like, ooh, fuck, that's going to well, be – Well, I'll tell you what. When, we're coming, when we were coming into this season, when we were coming into this season, I was like, oh, man, we got to go to Arrowhead and play the Chiefs, then come home and play the Raiders on Thanksgiving, then go to NOLA. Well, now, Chiefs look mortal. The Raiders are exposed uh, as fuck. The Chiefs right will be now. hard as hell, but the other two, like, don't scare me at all. Oh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Chiefs are really good, but I, I looked at that preseason. I was like, we could get blown out in that game. And now I'm like, that'll be a boat race. They could beat that, us. But that might I be the only game. Them. That might be the only game left on the schedule where we are not the favorites. The Cardinals, dude. Cardinals. Right now, the Cardinals would absolutely be favored over us. Like, like, they're going to be number one in the power rankings tomorrow morning. I almost guarantee it. They, they just I'm beat the worried. shit out of the Rams. Like, I'm more worried about them than any other team that we're playing against. Like, I'm expecting us to probably lose that one. Now, now it could be that by the time we get there, they've fallen apart. Like you, like you've highlighted, that could certainly happen. But as of today, they're probably the best team on the schedule. So, what are your NFC tiers then? Like, or, or, or your NFC rankings? Like, where do you have Dallas? Like, is this the way? I'll go first, because this is what I'm thinking. I, if I had to, like, tier the NFC, it'd be tier one is Super Bowl favorites or, like, NFC favorites. Tier two is legit contenders. And then three is, like, wild card. Okay. And so I'd say, like, tier one is two teams to me, and it's Tampa and L.A. I think they're the two best teams in the NFC. Right now, to me personally, just history, Tampa's defending champs. L.A., I know they got just – Beat to I, shit don't, I just don't know. But... I just don't know if you can put. I can put L.A. as a as a Super Bowl favorite when they just got went in their on their home field got just blown out. Like, I know. Hey, my 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 counter that would be they just played the Bucks at home and beat them by two scores. And you know it's tough to play two big fucking teams. In sure. A row. 
I, I, I'm just saying, to me, I, I'll put it this way. If I had to look at any – if I had to start a defense out of the blue and I had a two players to take, I'd take Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey. They're always sure. going to have that. I think McVay's been to the Super Bowl. They Both those two teams, to me, have more pedigree than Arizona is why I give them the nod over sure. Arizona. And so, like, yeah, regular season, we'll play again, and if they, they beat them again, who sees with Arizona? But I, I anyway, those are the two teams top of the NFC to me. Tier two is legit contenders, and that's where I put us, Green Bay, and Arizona. And I think yeah, if I you want to, whatever, whatever you want to rank between them, if I, you want to put I, us third, I, if you want to put I would us fifth, flip, if you, I would flip LA and Arizona in those in your tiers, and I'd, that'd be mine right now, just for today. I mean, it changes every single week depending on how people play. But yeah, as if if the if the playoffs started today, that's who I think would be your, the teams you'd be the most afraid of are the Bucks, and because they have Brady and they're who they are. And Arizona's super hot, super hot. They've not shown weakness. Z love. You know, it's hard for me to answer that. Uh, you know, so I'll be honest, I haven't actually watched many Cardinal games. I watched a little bit of them. And the same with the Rams. I've watched a little bit of those. I watched their game against the Bucks, and that was about it. Most of these games I've kind of skipped around. I'm not a huge believer in Stafford. I believe in Kyler more than I believe in Stafford. As yeah, I mean. You know, I would put Cardinals, Rams, Bucks on one tier. And yeah, I put that right makes sense. Underneath it, though, right underneath it, I put us. Fair. That's where I put the Cowboys. Like I honestly, at this moment, looking at the season as it is, I feel like our worst played game was against the Buccaneers. Oh yeah. Well, and here's like, the thing: if I wasn't a Cowboys well, fan who had 20 I think it was years of history of us falling apart. Like, I'm sorry, the Chargers game, it's hard to tell because of all the fucking penalties. Yeah, it's that's just kind of that ruined the game. But, like, if if I didn't have 20 years of Cowboy history that clouded my judgment of this team, I would probably be a bigger believer in them. Like, if I was an outside observer, I'd probably be like, oh, the Cowboys might be legit this year. But I'm so conditioned to believe that this will collapse at some point and we will suffer heartbreak that I'm like, no, we're a contender, but like you know, we gotta wait. We gotta figure it out. So like, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I'd put the Panthers not in the same league as us, but at least I have them in tier three. three. Yeah, like card. high tier three though. They'll be a playoff team. Because I think they'll be a playoff they team, played, especially if they get C-Mac back. And I'll say they played much better than I honestly expected them to. Like defense I did not think they were gonna play that well. Their defense win. Their defense is in its element and not on its, on its, on its heels, kind of playing backwards. They're, they're very good. And they have a lot of really not fast, really hard hitting players. Yeah. They're not going to play a Dak led offense every game. Very and true. Dak just does not get, you know, he, the pressure doesn't get to him. He does not get He's rattled. Going which is, to do what he can do every time, no matter what you're throwing at him. Very true. Very he true. <laughs> Oh, all right, boys. Well, fuck, man. We're running up on a on almost a two-hour pod here, which I love. I'm always a fan of the long ones. So any final thoughts before we get out of here? I'll say this. Uh, uh, no. the, the Raiders have been fully exposed. We're going to smack that team on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think we're all watching that game a little bit on the side, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> 
and Chargers, man. Like, I can't tell if I, I can't tell if we are really that good, or the Chargers are just really shitty that day, or what. But I don't think anyone. Guys. I just don't think anyone looked particularly great. That was just a messy. It, it reminded me of the game Tampa just played against the Patriots. It was like, just get out of there with the win. And you're going to have games like that. Hell, this Giants game could be like that. We've seen how division games can turn just muddy. And when you get oh, in a game like that, dude, just get out with the win. 20, 2014, when we were, like, rolling and killing everyone, and then Thanksgiving we played, like, the Eagles with, like, Mark Sanchez as the quarterback, and they beat us by pretty handily, if I recall correctly. Like, kind of smacked us, and then we went on. But, yeah. All right, well – as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Boys Will Be Boys. No bets. Uh, oh, forgot about bets. Ben, are we doing no, bets? We bets this week. We're skipping bets. We had an O for four week. I have to, <laughs> we got I have to, hard. O for four. I, Did you I, not feed the Eagles? Uh, well, we, 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 we parlayed them. Parlayed all the oh. yeah, all the NFC East together. There's so. not a there's not a single line. I, I we'll be see we'll right be going now. for a, we'll be going to a get couple of gamblers anonymous meetings this week. We'll I will back next uh, week. Don't worry, we will we will be betting this week. I just I need I need more time to really get myself out of out of the hole here. So yeah. um, here are here are the last soup. Uh, uh, these are Super Bowl favorites from like way long ago. Never mind. I was trying to look at current Super Bowl favorites just out of uh, out of curiosity, but I couldn't find it. So whatever. Well, I, I, uh, at the win currently, the Kansas City Chiefs have the highest. They're plus six hundred. Uh, your Dallas Cowboys are plus eighteen hundred to win the Super Bowl. So get your bets in now. The Cleveland Browns are plus thirteen hundred. So <laughs> okay, sure like a JV version of the Cowboys. So, oh, as always, folks, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Boys to Be Boys. If you'd like to be heard, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a content, con- comment, so, leave a rating on the podcast. We do so enjoy hearing from the wanna, fans. I do want to quick say Vegas does have Bucks, Rams, Cardinals, Packers tied, and us fifth. That's how they see the NFC. Nice. All right. So we're 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 contenders. That's all. That's all. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So we will be back uh, next week after the Cowboys play the Giants. Uh, hopefully to report on another victory over a subpar opponent. Um, if we do lose to the Giants, this could be a very sad podcast. So as always, everyone, thank you so much. I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin T. Walker. Zach Love. This has been Boys Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace.